Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the one and only Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling Podcast. I am your host with the most, Nick, and we've got a great guest today, none other than bass player Leo from the band Ego Kill Talent. They are from South America. They are a very unique band, and we get into all about the band because they have very heavy music, heavy riffs, but the songs are very melodic, almost go on uh, pop music, so it's very, very interesting. I suggest you check them out, but I'm excited to have them because they got a new uh, uh, kind of an EP slash record coming out throughout the year. They've uh, The Foo Fighters handpicked them to open up in South America, so we get into all kinds of discussion about music, uh, musicality, influences, the history of the band, all that good stuff. And if you want to keep up to date on all things with the Rock and Wrestling Podcast, you know where to follow on all social media including the old Twitter machine at Nick's R&W Podcast, Facebook, Nick's Rock and Wrestling Podcast, Instagram, Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you think I have earned it, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash R&W Podcast store, rockandwrestlingpodcast.com, as well as the Patreon page, patreon.com slash R&W Podcast. Be like my main man, Danny J. Pond. Appreciate your support. From day one, man, we're at episode 140 and chugging along. So, without further ado, here we go. Bass player Leo from the band Ego Kill Talent. It's a pleasure to welcome uh, the bass player for this new incredible band. I'm excited to talk to you because uh, I've got a lot of questions because you guys uh, do a lot of impressive things, especially live. Uh, it's Theo, the bass player from uh, Ego Kill Town. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, man. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so that's where I wanted to start because I, I YouTubed some of your live clips and it's, it's always in the press releases and... I've got to start, man, because I'm a musician myself, and I play. It was hard enough learning one instrument. How do you guys do the constant, you know, known to switch instruments when you guys play live? How did that come about? And my goodness, how do you do? <laughs> yeah, man, it's a challenge that we embraced it, and yeah, the, the way that, the way this came to happen was uh, because when we started the band, 
Jean, who is one of the drummers, he used to play drums for Sepultura. Then he left Sepultura and he called me and he was like, what are you doing? And I've, I've always played guitar my whole life. And he was like, what have you been, what, what have you doing? You know? And I was like, I haven't played guitar for like five years when he called me. I wasn't just like, I was doing other stuff with my life. I studied psychology in the university. I was doing other stuff. And I told him that, I said, I, have, I haven't been playing for a while. And he said, you know, you, are you crazy? Let's just jam and see what gets, you know, what comes out of it. So we start jamming and start writing some songs. And, and then the way this came to happen was because at some point we had uh, two guitar players and a drummer, but no bass player. And, and we were looking for a, for a bassist, right? And so Raphael, who is the other drummer, he, he listened to our demos, he's a good friend, and he said, I want to join the band. And I said, man, we already have a drummer. You know, Gian is a drummer, and Raphael was like, I don't care, I can play bass. So, originally, he, he entered the band to play bass. So, we, we wrote a few songs with that lineup, and one day, Gian, who is an amazing guitar player, not only a great drummer, but also an amazing guitar player, he came to the studio, and he... And he asked me for my guitar and he started showing me a guitar riff and sounded really good you know and he was like rafa can you go to the drums real quick just so we can write this song so i can write it in the guitar because the ideas are coming and then i i grabbed the bass and rafael goes to the drums Jean start playing the guitar and we wrote that song like that and when we finished writing the song we were like it's it's sounding really good with this lineup so should we try and, and just do it live like this and yeah let's do it so that was how it all started so basically when we write songs we because of this dynamic we don't really know who we're going to play what in the song uh, until we try it a few times sometimes we sometimes the song just comes you know when we write when we write it, it's already with, uh, I don't know, Rafa on the drums, so it, it is just like that. But sometimes we might write it with him on the drums, and we go like, you know what, let's, let's hear it with a different lineup to see how it sounds, and then we just change, and we just keep with whatever sounds better, you know. And yeah, that's how it, comes to, it came to happen, and regarding doing it live, it is a challenge. Uh, basically, what we found was a common place because we literally use the same instruments, right? Mm -hmm. So we found a common place like, uh, and, and, and here's the thing, we don't use even the same tuning in both guitars. We, we use a different kind of tuning. So it's not even the same tuning in both guitars. So sometimes I'm playing with one tuning and sometimes I'm playing with the other tuning with the same instruments, you know? So I just, I might change, I might like from one song to another, I might, be playing uh i might just change to the other guitar and give my guitar to the guy who is in the drums because i need the tuning that I, that the other guitar is tuned in so it's like it's a big dynamic but we just found a common ground like how does the drum kit is set in a way that both of them can play like which pedal guitar pedals do each one of us need you know in each song so we can have it like distributed right on the on the on the pedal board so it it's like it's one animal you know it's like it's it's is as if it was one huge musician that's how we see ourselves <laughs>
Yeah, I mean that. So it's, yeah, I mean the that to me that is really impressive because especially when you're saying you know you go from one instrument to the next and it may be in a completely different tuning. I mean, me just myself like thinking, okay, if I'm gonna drop down, I've got to remember it's different here. But I mean, to do that in a live yeah. and do it really quick, that's impressive. It's different, man. It's uh, but you know you if for us was something that I mean we even we even rehearsed the changes. We rehearsed like okay, so from the from like the two first songs I'm in this guitar and then from the second to the third I need to walk to the bass and I, I give my guitar to someone first then I walk to the left you know so it's like it's all and then after three songs in a bass I need to come back to the guitar but in another tuning so it's like we really rehearse it you know just so it flows live yeah absolutely absolutely you I would definitely think you have to reverse that to, to make it smooth lot uh make it go smoothly but you know along that with the band you talked about you know songwriting which you know you guys have got a new album you know and you've got some new songs out i'm curious because that you guys have a really cool dynamic i was listening to the new stuff and i'm really digging the call that's a good great song is awesome man is uh you know what what came up with the idea because the music is really heavy but man the vocals and the melodies are like man these are hooks like almost in pop songs like you guys have like hooks that would be in pop songs so was that the idea or was it just you guys kind of wrote what you felt yeah, it's both actually because we really, I mean, the whole band, we have such a similar taste for music. This is something I think we are lucky because we like the same kind of music, same artists. And I mean, if you walk to our dressing room, you will, for sure, you, you will be hearing something like Gojira and right after Phil Collins, right? <laughs> and then right after Metallica and right after Lenny Kravitz. And at some point, Billy Eilish, you know, so it's like we we really we really enjoy and admire some heavy bands. But we equally enjoy and admire some pop artists. Like I told you, like Phil Collins, for instance, is some we love Phil Collins. So it's it's so true. You know, I mean, the the, the way we look at music is it, if it touches us, it's good and we like it and we're going to embrace it. So it's very, very organic, actually, and, and it's, it's weird because some songs, and you will see even more when the rest of the album is released, uh, some songs you can go from an extremely heavy guitar riff, like tuned in A sharp, but the melodies could be from a pop band. And it just, I think our biggest challenge and mission, maybe, it's to find that crossover, you know, how we can put both worlds in one song and that's what we are constantly trying to achieve yeah that's what i really like because i'm i'm a i'm like you guys i'm a heavy music fan you know i i love my metallica my megadeth my even the slipknots of the world but i've always found that like oh man this is great heavy music but the vocals don't do it quite for me like i you know i'm not the biggest harsh vocal fans but and i love when i find a band like you guys where it's like oh it's heavy music but there's melody and harmony. Melodies, yeah. yeah. Melodies and harmonies, man. It's like, I mean, why not having like extremely brutal guitar riffs with a f- great harmony in the chorus, like with an amazing melody on top of it? Why not? Yeah, yeah, you know, and why can't you go? Why can't you go from that to another heavy guitar riff? You know, why not? Yeah, well, that I think it was Bruce Dickens. I think Steve Harris actually said it from, from and Iron Maiden's one of my favorites. I love that they they always said. 
all the melodies in our songs, whether it's a bass, a guitar, should be you should be able to sing it. And I'm like, that's so mm-hmm. that's so true. And that's what I love when you get like a like a heavy band like you guys do. You know, you said tuning in A sharp for some songs, but th- it, you can sing along with it. It's not brutal guttural vocals behind it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's that's how we roll. Yeah, well, I wanted to bring that up because you said you know you got a new song on the record, you know, tuned in A sharp. Do you find it difficult when you guys do that? Like, hey, we're tuning to this low of a tuning to then write a melody that would go over it. Can that be a little you challenging? Know, we are just so used to it. Basically, we use. Uh, I can't even say we use two tunings because the the two guitars they might be with the same like lower string tuning but the higher strings they are not the same uh, like left guitar and right guitar on stage right so we 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 play with tunings a lot we we use different kinds of tunings and i think probably we have like 50 50 like 50 percent of the songs are d uh like the the bass string is in d and the other the other half of songs the the bass string is in uh, um, a sharp uh, but it's really it's but but maybe because we use this different tuning, like for instance, one of the tunings that 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 I use in D, it's D A D D A D, which is an it's an open chord that that gives a kind of a chorus vibe because you have those three string those four strings in D and it, and but in different octaves, so it gives a like a, a chorus vibe to the to the chord, but at the same time. If you don't press it, you have the relation the relation between the notes that can give you different kind of chords. So this is something that it just it it's when you start playing with different tunings that is not like like just dropping D, you know, but like really different tuning. Your mind needs to go out of those you know those basic formats that you have for chords yep, that you usually yeah. just go for it yeah so you got to find new ones and and the, the the cool thing of this it's because you think differently and you start going more and more for how is it sounding then what is the shape that you should do right so because of that we don't when we are writing sometimes it's so weird because there are some songs i don't know if you heard uh, actually we we released three songs for this first album for for the second album was the call uh, now and lifeborn now and lifeborn are both uh, tuned in in a uh, it's a tuning but if you listen to the chorus of now for instance it's super pop and we i it might be the case that sometimes we will write a song in d and then we just let's let's try it in in a and see how it sounds like the same the same harmony and if it sounds better, we just go with it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I love the I love that when you you expand your mind, you know. I'm as mentioned, yeah. I my playing guitar. I'm like, you know, this sounds good, but what if I tuned it to this? And it's like, boy, this sounds yeah. better. Why don't we play it this way? Yeah, it's a it's a lab, man. It's, I mean, being in a rock band and and playing guitar, I think it's like you gotta face it as be experimenting and trying, you know, and see what you know. Find your voice in the middle of everything, you know. Yeah, well, you got you, you talked about it. you've got three songs off the new record that are out now, and obviously the record comes out later this year. You know, obviously the world is is crazy right now. Did did that kind of maybe derail your guys' plans and what you were doing, or was this always like, hey, we're gonna write, we're gonna slowly release some songs, and then twenty twenty one was really gonna be our our point of attack with the new record? No, it's really yeah, it really changed all the plans. The pandemic, 
we were supposed to, the original plan was we would start the year with a tour with Metallica and Great Little Fleet in stadiums uh, here in South America. Then we would go to the U.S. and then we would release the f one single during that Metallica tour. And then we would go to the U.S., I think, in April and May to play some Demi Wimmer festivals and some other shows. And then we would release another single around then. And then we would go to tour Europe with System of a Down and then release the full album. That was the plan. But because of when, when things start getting uh, postponed because of the, the pandemic, we were like, okay, we got we to gotta regroup and replan. Yeah. And so we, that's how, that was how it came, like the idea that, okay, let's slice it in EPs and release it slowly. We did this with the first album and worked. So we just said, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, well, you mentioned, you know, you had some tours lined up, you know, with some, some giants, you know, Metallica, System of a Down, you know, and, you know, there's the story that the Foo Fighters, you know, handpicked you guys to, to open for them. How is it when you play, with like, with a heavier band, you know, like, Metallica has such a hardcore audience where it's like, oh, it's Master of Puppets is, the, you know, so aggressive. Yeah. How do you guys, you know, address, like, hey, man, we're going out in front of a metal crowd, but, you know, we're going to have kind of that pop side to us how do you guys address going out in front of a live crowd like that yeah honestly uh we i mean we've been playing with bands like sepultura and uh we also i mean we already toured with system and system of a down and and did shows with sepultura and we we always did well and we never we never felt rejected and i think the reason of it is it's because we just go on stage and we deliver our souls you know we were like okay you're gonna have the best i can give and and i, I think there's some some trueness on it you know that people can relate to and and maybe because we have very loud and heavy drummers as well you know <laughs> yeah. so it it's um it works for some reason, it works, and it, and it's interesting because it also works when we play like with the Foo Fighters, you know. So, it's uh, I think we are in in this area that we can get fans from both sides. I mean, we even toured Europe with uh, Within Temptation, and uh, they are like a gothic female singing band, you know, and and it worked. It worked really well. Yeah, well, it makes you it makes you diverse, and like you mentioned, I like that you know idea where. You're not stuck to, you know, like some rock bands or, or a metal band would be like, you know, we're only going to see them on this bill. You got, like you mentioned, you could play with a gothic, almost dark band. You could play with Metallica. You can play with Foo Fighters. Sure. It gives you gives you an avenue to maybe, you know, get a cross section of all kinds of fans. Yeah, that, that's that's what we are aiming for. Yeah, well, along those lines, you know, you guys being from from South America, I've got to, you know, ask, you know, you've you've toured all kind of all, all over the, around the world, but you know, South America is known for just how crazy the crowds and the passionate fa fans are. Do you guys notice that, or from being there, is it just like, hey, this is the normal crowd, or you know, can you tell a difference when you come to the states or you go to Europe? Can yeah. it be like the crowds are very different all across the world? Yeah, well, we never played the States. I mean, this uh, the Danny Wimmer festivals that we were supposed to be doing this year would, would be the first time we'd be playing the States. Uh, we're probably going to do it whenever, like, touring is back. But comparing... You're right. I mean, South America crowd is insane. The Chileans are amazing. I mean, it's such a great vibe playing in Chile always. Uh, Brazil, definitely, too. Brazil is like home, so it's it's even a more special flavor to it. Uh, but Europe, it's interesting. Like Italy, it's super warm. The crowd in Italy can go crazy. Uh, uh, 
but then if you go to some other places like like UK, uh, some places in, in Germany, then the crowd can be a little bit more... They are still warm in there, but it, it's not going as crazy as the Italians and the Brazilians and the Chileans. But there is an interesting vibe that it's always there, you know. Uh, there is something... Uh, and I've been in bands before. I toured Europe before. But in this band, there is something that connects us to the crowd that is always there. That element is always there. Yeah, I've you know, and that's I've always been you know I've always heard things like rock and Rio or just like you know incredible yeah. incredible festivals. You know, you see the you see the footage of you know as we'll mention again, you know Iron Maiden playing there, and the, the crowd is just you know rushing the stage to be as close as possible. You know, so I've always been curious. You know, especially from being there, I imagine just you know the energy from South American crowds is just like any other place in the world. Yeah, it is. I mean, we played Rock and Rio a couple of times, and it's, it's always amazing. It's always really, really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So back to the, this, the, the new record. Obviously, you have three songs out now, and you've talked kind of about, you know, you guys write songs. You know, there's no restriction on instruments. But for this particular record, you know, how was the process a little bit different from the first one in terms of maybe songwriting, recording, that whole process? Was, it, was there any difference, or was it just business as usual with this second record? <laughs> Well, uh, the, the the writing process was really really similar. I mean, we are we are it's our writing process is really organic, really really organic. So like, uh, someone brings an idea and we take it from there, and it's not. I mean, everybody's a songwriter in the band, and it really flows like that. It literally really flows like that. So, so it can be something that I, I can bring a guitar riff idea, and then Jonathan would would grab a guitar and suggest something for the chorus, right? And and then Jean grabs uh, the bass and suggests the line for the bass, and that's how we put it together. And it can be, like, the totally different. I can be Jean bringing a guitar idea, I bringing a chorus idea, and, and Jonathan a melody. So it's, like, it really changes. So it's really, really organic. So in that sense, it's always different <laughs> because it can it, the approach can come from different areas. Uh, but we just, like I said, we just let it flow and we just work in the song until we feel like it's ready and everybody's allowed to suggest and change and try stuff. Uh, uh, but the recording process was kind of, well, there's one, there was one thing different in the writing process of this song because we finished writing some of the songs in L.A. Uh, we already knew we were going to record there. Uh, so we, we went to L.A. a month before the recording to do some rehearsals there in pre-production we already had most of the songs written but we did uh wrote some songs there like uh we have one song we wrote with john bermine from season of down we did it there we had another couple songs we wrote um in la so that was different because it was not in our studio but then the recording process that was that was like a no-brainer because we did we recorded at 606 studios the full fighters HQ and that was it was insane. I mean, we used the Neve board, we used their equipment. It was it was uh, like Disneyland. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet, man. Just that you know, just the history and, and you know how awesome that band is. You know, I bet recording there was just you know every day going into the yeah. studio was probably amazing. Oh yeah, man. We did that for like five weeks, if I'm not wrong. And it was like, man, every day was fucking awesome. I remember the first day, it was like, I can't believe we still have over a month ahead of us. And yeah, and it was like, 
okay, I think we need a, I don't know, do you have a Fender baritone or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. Dave have one, and then he grabs one, and do whatever we, whatever we needed, they have it, you know, and it was great. It was great. That's awesome. So as we kind of wind down here, so where can everybody uh, check out, you know, Ego Kill Talent, social media, music, you know, and hopefully, you know, do you have a tentative date for when the new record's going to be out? Yeah, uh, well, we are all over social media. I mean, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, uh, on YouTube, uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, you know, we are everywhere. Uh, it's basically all EgoQ Talent. So Instagram, it's at EgoQ Talent, Facebook, it's EgoQ Talent, and same thing in, in the DSPs. And as far as for, for the new releases, we like like I said, we we decided to split the release of the album. So we the name of the album is the Dance Between Extremes. So we released the first EP, which is called the Dance, and the, with the three songs you mentioned. The second the second EP will be called the Dance Between, and that will be released towards the end of the year. I would say around November or December. And the third EP will be which which makes it the full album will be released will be called the Dance Between Extremes, and that will be released probably in March or April. Awesome. And then final question for me, man. Is there a favorite song, you know, out of your guys' set that you love playing live? Oh man, I just like playing <laughs> I like playing them all. It's such a hard question. Uh, well there is a, there is one thing of the first album one band, one sorry, one song of the first album they have this this section, the instrumental section in the middle. Uh, it's called Heroes, Kings and Bods. It's always fun to play that song. But I also love to play the call live. It's uh it's really, really like fun. So it's a hard question. Yeah. Let's put this way: there's no song I don't enjoy playing live. Yeah, I uh, can't. So. I, yeah, I can't wait for you guys to make it over to the states, man. And I hope that the call—that's a huge—that's a great song. I hope that gets some radio play and really, really breaks it because that song is awesome. I've been been jamming it all day, man. It's, it's got such a hook to it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Really, really happy to hear that. Yeah, all right, Leo. It was a pleasure. We'll have to have you on back again, man. Okay, man, thank you for having me, and hope to see you on tour. Once again, want to thank Leo from the band Eagle Kill Talent for joining me, man. It was a lot of fun having him on. The uh, I definitely recommend The Call. That's a great song. I actually put it on my workout playlist because it's, it's so melodic. It's so, so good, but the music is so uh, heavy and in your face, but how I like it, melodic and a lot of good harmonies, vocal harmonies. So go check them out. And hopefully when we're back to normal, hopefully next year, you can go see them in a town near you. And once again, I appreciate everybody's support. You know where to follow the uh, the podcast on all social media platforms. And coming up next week, we're going to have a returning guest, one Joey Casada. We talked about uh, his musical influence and some wrestling. We talked talked about that a few months ago but he's got a uh, number one book that uh deals with wrestling and rock and roll crossover so joey casada is going to be my guest next week until then peace i'm out